giving thanks unto the Father which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And it goes on like that. The church in Colossae had begun to bear fruits. Began to bear fruits. When you read from verse 1 down to 8, you will see some of the things that the church was doing. And yet, Paul saw it necessary for the church to pray for them for something extra. For something what? Extra. I was talking with a pastor in the office and I was introducing something which I'll be doing. It will be announced later before the year ends. And I said, very elementary but very crucial. There cannot be a life of revelation without a foundation. Revelation in scriptures will matter to you when you have proper foundation. I've told you this over and over again, that I visit my foundations very, very regularly. I don't joke with that one. I would always want to go back there and examine the foundations and I'll put that one in the light of how my spiritual life is and see if there's an area I need to attend to. Very important. And it's something we're going to be doing for four months. And you will be informed properly and appropriately and then we'll let you know the focus. They were doing things right, but there was still the need for prayers for proper direction and proper focus and the kind of attitude that will make them attain greater heights. Attitudes. We have men and women who are heavily anointed of the Holy Ghost, heavily anointed, with great, great, great ministries, and yet they are not making any mark because of attitude. Because of what? Attitude. What will make a man of God stand on the altar and insult everybody in church and lick his lips and go and come back and do it again and he's not a demon? What will make that man behave that way? Attitude and lack of understanding. I've told you that this place is not just church. This place is a school. Our vision is to raise people to go out there and make impact. And you must know what you are supposed to know and go forth and do same. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. The Lord has delivered us from the powers of darkness. And he has translated us into the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ. 
So one would say that that's the end, we are finished. What else? There's nowhere one could be that would be better than being the kingdom. And if I'm in the kingdom, so what else? Let me just relax and keep on going forward. I have everything that Christ achieved for me under my control. I can go anywhere I want to go to and still be enjoying my life. And the question then is, are you at your optimum? Is that all? Don't you come across some regrets? You are given a platform, and when you are done with whatever you went to do, you sit back and the Holy Ghost begins to give you an overview. Some introspection on your inside. Now you discover, I didn't do well here, I didn't do well, I, di- I, didn't, I didn't. You mark them and mark and mark, you discover that you need something more. And one very important institution for the saints is fasting. But not just going away from food. Otherwise, it's only human beings who are doing fasting. We have some animals who do fasting. Some of them for six months. Snakes have that kind of thing. Six months, they will go into hibernation and stay out of everything. And then when they are done, they shed off the skin and come up with a new skin. And they become more vicious. Some many animals, according to researches done by those who are in those fields, have, have go into fastings, including snail. You know snail? Mwah. Snail also does fasting. So if it is the issue of not eating food, <laughs> then, then there's nothing there. I mean, eating food and not doing anything apart from that one, then you have not gained anything yet. There's something more to it. It is the idea of not taking food, not taking food. Don't do what our people were doing some years ago when I was growing up in the village. When they had funeral in their family, they would say they'll be fasting, but they will eat rice and eat kenke. Some of the greatest insults I receive in life. That what I treasure most is what people despise. I was very offended. Now, but that was their own way of refraining from something that is pleasant, just like Daniel said. But when it comes to us, we stay away from food. We stay away from food, not for the fun of it. There are some of us, when we stay away from food, when it is time to break the fast, we calculate to bring in We go back to Rick, the ones that we left somewhere. So your breakfast was in abeyance, waiting for you. And then the lunch also in abeyance. So you break your fast with a huge bowl of, um, of uh, cocoa, maybe. And then after some one hour, you go in for your lunch that you've been keeping. And then after two hours, you now get to your dinner. <laughs> so what did you achieve? But there is something the Lord is talking about in that chapter 58 of Isaiah. I believe you have read it before. That's where we are going to dwell and then I will just mention a few things to you. There is always a feet to wash. There is always something to improve upon. There is always a planting that must be uprooted. So periodic servicing of your prepared body 
by fasting is very rewarding and you cannot negotiate with, for, with any other thing. If you want to get to optimal performance level, then fasting must become something that you have to look at. It is a boosting agent for the believer. And it is all round. It's a whole thing. Spirit, soul, and body. So fasting, when it is properly done, affects the totality of the man. When it is properly done, affects the totality of the man. For instance, it's not good for you to break your fast with a lot of meat and milk. It's not good. You go on a water fast for three days, and when you are breaking, it was some heavy thing. Your gains will be lost. No wisdom. Great men are not always wise. So what we are talking about here this morning is wisdom. Wisdom to make maximal use of your prepared body. The one that Jesus got for you. And make the most of every opportunity that God is giving to you. Not when challenges come your way and say, wait for me, let me go and fast and come back. But you live a fasted life and so you are prepared, ready, spiritually sound to meet every challenge and go free of charge. Isaiah 58. Start from verse 5. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast? An acceptable day of the Lord? And he didn't wait for us to answer. The next verse. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? As God speaking. To lose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. So you cannot fast successfully when you have people on your mind that you have refused to forgive. When there are people you have kept in prison. When there are people whose fortunes you are sitting upon. People that you are cheating. The bonds of wickedness must be broken. Your fast must seek to do those things. Help you to make decisions that will set others free and make you also free. Anytime you push somebody down, you go down with the person. There's no controversy about it. When you are pushing someone down, you cannot be standing upright and be doing it. You've got to bend and push. So the farther the person goes, the deeper you also go to the trench. But when you help someone rise up, you also will be going up. And I said, one rich man, in the midst of poor people in the city, will eventually become a poor man. Everybody, they line up in front of his house to beg every morning. And he is liberal, so he gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. 
They don't care where anything is coming from. Wisdom is profitable to do what? To direct. It's very important. I'm not saying don't go to your village. And I'm not saying when you go, don't give the money. Don't use this one as an excuse. You go there, everybody knows how the very wicked man. Nothing comes out of your pocket. That is not the issue. But with great wisdom. Amen. Right. Now, so it says, in your fast, let your press go free. As far as your ability can. And pray and intercede for those who are oppressed to go free. So from your end, you are doing it. And you are interceding for God's hand to come to bear upon the situations of men. We have met several people who went into moments of fasting and praying for their people, not for themselves. Recently, we've been talking about Daniel. He's been one, one great example of a person who chose to do that. Nehemiah was one person like that. Ezra and the rest of them, people who fasted for their people, not for themselves. That young lady in, uh, in, uh, in the book of Esther, what was her name? She was Esther, eh? Good. <laughs> Mordecai gave her assignment, and if he wanted to keep her away, Mordecai said, don't worry. Don't worry. If you don't, we shall do. We will fast. But it's you and your father's house that will suffer. That was a very serious, uh, wicked expression from Mordecai. But there was a situation, a terrible one, and somebody had to do it. And they began to fast and pray to turn the hand of the enemy away from the people. So in your fasting, one major ingredient God wants to see is that you become an instrument of blessing. An instrument of what? Blessing. An instrument of blessing. So the people that you are afflicting, let them go. And those who have been afflicted by others, stand in for them to pray for them. To set them free. Go on. God said, that's his chosen father. Is, this, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Share your bread with the hungry. Share your bread with who? The hungry. Now I want to put it this way. That when you fast, the money you would have used, to take breakfast, give it to a poor person, if you can. The food that you have that we should have eaten, let it go to somebody else. We did one fast like that. I don't know whether it was here or some other place in Kumasi or somewhere. I made them to bring the monies they saved. From breakfast, lunch, you had to bring that one to church. And then we send people to go to the children's home and give to them. We're trying to see the spirit of this thing. Love and kindness must become your attitude in the fast. It is God's own. It must change you. Some people are too armstrong that nobody has ever told them thank you. For one year, nobody said thank you or God bless you. Nobody. Because you don't feel what people feel. You don't feel it. It is not only money. People's spiritual life. And it is counsel. You've gone through so much experience in life that you can counsel somebody out of reproach and shame. You didn't give the person money. Most people that God has helped us to bless, it wasn't money. Just one word here. And it's encouragement. 
But how is business now? He said, well, it's not good. He said, it's very good. Give him one word, of, one word of scripture and then pray for him. That's enough for the person to go and make, and make impact. If you don't have money, it doesn't mean you can't be a blessing to people. A little smile, a little phone call, how are you? You want to hear somebody and release the tension on the chest. Say a lot of things. One of my old Bible school students, uh, my mate, we were mates in 1998 somewhere, got my number from somebody in Kumasi and called me yesterday. And then I asked him, so what's going on? I knew he was in Accra doing ministry. He said he's now in Kumasi, he started work over there somewhere. And I asked him, how is it like? He said, it's not easy. I said, it has never been easy with men. It has never been what? easy with men, hand it over to the owner and stop owning it. And then he said, <laughs> when the Bible is a prophet, he said, prophet, you have not changed. I said, changing to where? You, you know me now, I don't change. I'm just like that. I just like, he, said, he does not change, why should I be changing? You know, so, so he, he said, he said, you have, you have given me a solution to a challenge I'm facing now. Keep that thing over to the owner and be an obedient and sincere steward. The ownership mentality is what is killing people. So they will go to any extent to afflict people, insult them, disappoint people. No. His work is his work. You are a steward. Let him be the owner and be a steward. I'm telling all those of you who are going to ministry of any sort. Keep this one in mind. It is his work. Let him have it and be a steward. Receive instructions and go by the instructions. Ask for his help and be diligent when he gives you the help and direction. Go ahead and do it. Don't carry the things you should do upon your head. Your head is too small to do kingdom work. Your you, or academic performance is nothing. You can get any degree you want to get. It is nothing. It helps you to do some things. But that is not the real thing you need for the work. It's not. Check several people who are making it in industry. Ask them their background and you discover most of them never did any economics, no accounting, no administration, no anything. An inspiration just came and then he caught it and started going on. And God is blessing them. So it's not too much of what you have learned, but much of your dependence on God. Let this one transform you. If we don't finish, we'll continue some other time. He said that you bring the, to your house the poor who are cast out. That is, provide shelter for them if it is your power to do it. Be a blessing. Practice love. In your fasting life, practice love. And that's why it's dangerous for you to fast because you want power. If you go to fast for, for power, you will use your power commercially. Or you struggle to get it. I've heard men of God, several men, do you know the number of days we fasted in those days? 
when we were in the, in the, trench, the trenches and there was no food? You know when we were attacked? Were you attacked? If it is that what we, are, what we are talking about, then if you live among the Muslims, not the ones we have in Ghana here, they are not, they are not as, as dangerous as the ones in, uh, in Nigeria. I'm telling you. I live with them, so I know them. You are passing the church like this, when the, the spirit enters them, you are inside, you are, I guess I, as I'm preaching, you will see them coming with petrol. Praise God. There was a Christian doctor in one of the cities there in the, that state where I live for a longer time than any other place. His friend Muslim went to visit him. Apparently he was sent by his team to go and keep him in the house. They had targeted him to kill him. He went and sat there with him. And they talked and talked and ate and did everything. And then he knew when they were coming. He just told the man, excuse me, let me talk to somebody out there. Brought out his phone. As soon as he, he left the house, they entered. They finished the man. His friend. What are you talking about? I met one deeper life pastor in a station. And he told me, he said, he said, my brother, the time you came is even better. I said, eh? This one is better. He said, it's better. He said, when we came in here, you couldn't hold your Bible openly. They was told you, take it and tear it. What would people like that be saying? Listen to me, friends. Don't ever own anything that God has put in your trust. Don't own it. Don't. Be vigilant and committed in keeping the thing, but don't own it. The owner and the steward, they think differently. Don't own it. This is my church. This is my this. This is my that. No. You won't go far. So let go. Let it go and let the Lord be the one to be glorified. Be careful. I should be telling those who are going to ministry when we separate them and now then I'll talk to them on some of these things. I'll be wasting your ears. Some of you, I'm just wasting your ears. Is it is a vision of the, that we are not going there? Don't worry, we will do. That is what I said in my life. Something I would never become was a pastor. I said it. People heard it outside. It was on rooftops. Cannot be a pastor. What for? Who, who even make me a pastor? Who? Is it God? Does he know the kind of person I am to make me a pastor? What for? When he calls you and you run away, you know that in the open space there are hedges. What did I say? In an open space like this, there are still hedges and walls that the eyes of men don't see, but you jam them as you are running away. <laughs> Everything else that you do will not prosper. You'll be sweating and sweating and sweating and sweating. 
So don't run, don't run. But when, when he calls you and you respond, don't go and own what he has. You say, Lord, here am I. Tell me what to do. Do it. What's the next thing I should do? Do it. What is the next thing, Lord? Why do we handle this one? Constant fellowship with him. And then you, he's the one who will help you. Don't you like that scripture? Faithfully see who has called you, who also will do it. So what did he call you for? Just to come and represent him while he does the job. But you not say you will do it by yourself. I have uh, a PhD in theology. I have uh, a bachelor's degree in uh, this. I have, I have Greek. I have this. I have that. All those things are very good. They are very good. I wish I had studied Greek and Hebrew uh, in my youthful days in ministry. I wish I had, but I didn't. But that is not what will make you succeed. So you need every information you have. It, yes, but it takes the God factor to make it go on. So break all those things. Break the pride of your life. Break it. Break those things. The things that hold you down, detach yourself from them. In your first seat to detach yourself from these things. There are some of us, our children, spouses, our businesses, our cars, our books. Someone like me, that was my area. My books. I have tried to be free, but I still know there's much more to do. But when you joke with my books, I may forget where you come from. It's not a good thing, you know, but... I showed one paper to one of us in our house um, a few days ago, and I said this was 1980-something. 82 or something. But there are papers that are older than, than, than pastor here. That I have kept and traveled over and I travel everywhere I go, they are with me, but they are as they were before. Because they are precious. He will tell you, I'll carry a book and show him, this one is older than you by three years, so be careful the way you handle it. That is the area where I had problems. And I've been trying to overcome. I think I've gone, I've done well, I've done well. By the grace of God, I've done well. <laughs> I've done well. So you break those things that will easily make you lower the value of a human being and place them above the human being. Put them off. Break them. It won't help you. Now when you see someone who is naked, you cover him. You understand that one. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. Your own flesh. It's not just your own body like this. Your own flesh. Your kind. Your kind. Your family. From the nuclear. To the extended. To the body of Christ. Your own flesh. Where you come from. Said, don't forget them. So you discover here that fasting is itself a school. Where you sit down to examine your life and then begin to deal with issues one after the other and be a blessing, all-round blessing to people with diverse needs and afflictions. Don't fast for power. It comes naturally. It does what? Because the deposit, the seed of power is on your inside. And when you are able to humble this, this flesh, 
your spirit man will begin to rise up. It's there. So that must not become your goal. How fasted. One prophet in Kumasi, he said, Papa, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. What is the English of that one? They know how much I've fasted. You know, Atria Mountain over there in Ashanti is where they go. Uh, pastor knows the place. I've not been there before. They tell me about it, but I've not been there before. Um, I think my weight won't allow me to even go. <laughs> but he started going there quite early as a student. I have one of his pictures. He had just descended. Tango, I didn't see him bodily. I would have wept. He lost the little flesh that he had. He lost everything. I saw just one skeleton standing very far so many years ago. So when, when, when you see people like that, don't get offended. They have paid some price before. There are many of you like that. But you see, this man was saying he has been going there. He has paid the price to get the anointing. And that people want to take it free of charge. They have to pay. They have to do what? <laughs> I said, look, if Jesus had wanted to charge you, how would you have paid that one? How? What currency are you going to use to pay him for the salvation? For the sins he forgave you? For the Holy Ghost that he brought to you? The one that is helping you to make exploits, do exploits, free of charge. Please. Please. Can we go ahead? Then your life shall break forth. When you begin to be a blessing, release yourself, flow to other people at the point of their needs, be an encourager to them, one that is strengthening them. He said, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your light shall break forth. It is not you that will make the light break forth. Your light shall break forth because you are standing at a place where your light cannot stop but break forth. You begin to shine. You begin to make impact. When you, you stretch your hand, somebody's life is changing. When you speak, somebody's life is changing. People meet you and they don't see how they will go again. They just sit by you and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. They're encouraged at your presence. Your light will break forth. That means that God is taking you out of obscurity into the limelight. When nobody can pretend that you don't exist, they, cannot, they don't like you, but they can't pretend that you are not there. They may not like your name, but they can't stop helping you. Because there is a compelling force that's at work on your inside. You are exuding that one. When they meet you, there's a force that puts them on the line to help you. And let your light shine forth and be a blessing to people. Wherever you go, people you don't know, you have never met them before. The moment you arrive, they will stand up to attend to you. That is what we are talking about here. You have paid the price in the closet with fastings and been a blessing to people. Can we read a little more? 
your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your healing shall do what? Spring forth speedily. Without any hindrance. Your healing. In one of the Higgins books, he talks about a lady that came on the line for healing, came on the healing line, and when he got the Lord, asked him to tell the woman, You're, you have a problem with your grandmother. You have refused to forgive her. Go and forgive her, you'll be whole. The guy said, It's not possible. It is not what? Possible. So as she was driving home, the, 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 the voice of the man of God was piercing her heart. So at the first, she broke down while driving was crying. She parked the car and forgave them, the, the, the grandmother. He said, Lord, I'm going to her. I've forgiven her. I've forgiven her. The moment she did that one, and of course, God is the one that weighs the actions of men. He knows your heart. Their sickness just disappeared. Just like that. So many of us, we are still sick. All the medicines and prayers in this life will never help us because we are holding down other people. We don't know how to forgive. We don't know how to forgive. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. This thing that we have started will continue till we die. Me. He should have known that I'm not the kind of person just do anything to and then go through. No, 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 no. It won't help you. That you sleep and you can't enjoy your sleep because of somebody. The person you are hating is sleeping on. But you can't sleep because there's something worrying you. You want to eat. The appetite is not there because of somebody. And that person is eating. He has finished eating. He's rubbing his stomach and belching. Eel, eel. And then you see that they cannot eat. No appetite. Why? You are holding somebody in prison. Let the people go so that you also can go. But that is excess luggage you are carrying. Excess what? Luggage. All right. And your righteousness shall do what? Go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. When you do these things that he's talking about, your righteousness will go before you. You begin to enjoy the fruits of righteousness in your life. It goes before you, opening doors. That's the righteousness of the Lord coming. No door must be closed against him. Favor goes ahead of you. Power goes ahead of you. Dominion is around you. And God himself is at your back there. And he is pushing you. Go forward, my son. So I have not been to this place. Just go forward. The earth is mine. I'm in charge. You go. Go talk to him. He said, he doesn't know me. He said, talk to him. And every door opens to you like that. Because the righteousness of God gone ahead of you. There is no devil anywhere who is troubling you. There is no demon from anywhere troubling you. Your mother is not responsible. Nobody is responsible. You are the one who is troubling yourself. Set yourself free. Do what? Tell somebody for me, set yourself free. Somebody is always the reason why you are not making it. Every time there is somebody. That's a person. This is the reason why. If this person should die, that's my definition of it. 
When a person is the reason why you are not happy, your prayer, a silent prayer, is that the person should die. That is some of the things I say to people they don't like, they don't like it. You know, there are things I don't pretend about. If you don't like my welfare, you, my presence troubles you. You want me to die. If the person is not going away, and then you are also troubled. No. <laughs> One of my mothers, she won't allow my father to take me to secondary school. I should go to mechanic uh, shop. And ladies and gentlemen, at that time, if they ask me, if they ask me to carry amplifier, this one, someone will have to help me put it on my head. I was skeleton incorporated. So my father asked her, I was if dropping from the back of the uh, one day I'll tell the story. The way I was beaten that night, eh? only God knows. My father, what can he carry? Not even the hammer, this big hammer that you say. He said he will learn, he will grow. Hey! So I couldn't contain myself. I from the back of their window, I thanked her. My father called me inside. I'm in my room with my wife, and you are eavesdropping outside. As I was just passing. Okay, where did you go that you were passing at that time? When you use counterfeit to buy Indian hemp, can you ask for your change? <laughs> Glory to God. So I, there was no need to further ask for any, you know, excuse anything, because I went for a swim show without permission. And I was returning and I heard them. I didn't want to talk to that woman the whole of my lifetime. She's the reason why I hated women with venom. Hated them. Hated women with venom. She turned me into a very bad person. In the classroom, if a lady got up to talk, I'd sit down. What are you talking about? Sit down. So what's wrong with this boy? <laughs> when we went to Legon, one of the mates like that saw me, a lady, and said, uh, Kwachi, I said, yes. I hope you will not be doing what you are doing over there in this place. You know the answer I gave to her? I did not leave that thing in her palm. It's with me. But I came to discover that there was no need to hate that woman. She was the first person I gave my first allowance to as a national service personnel. My first allowance I was given. She had left my father. You were no one marrying. Carried my money. I wasn't a Christian. Took my transport and gave her the money. And when she collected the money, that's how her body was shaking. She was crying. The woman wept and wept and wept and wept. Well, I came to discover there was no point. The blessings I got from her were outweighed what she did to me. Because the hardship I went through made me better. I can stay anywhere. I can cook any food I want to eat. Anywhere. I went through that kind of thing. It helped my life, so I had to appreciate it. Praise God. There's always one reason why you must love the person you hate. There's always one reason. Always one reason. 
why you must love the person you hate. So in time of your fasting, intensify your prayer for that person and the hatred will disappear and love will come in. We shall get back to this thing later because the, some juicy part of it we can't talk about today. The three dimensions of the human being have been brought under fasting. The spirit, the soul, and the body. And I'll find time to do that one by the help of the Holy Ghost. It's my prayer this morning that you will examine your life and your attitudes and the things that have become like mountains in your life and bring them down. Let fasting become your life and not when the church says we are fasting. Don't play that thing. Don't be deceived by the word of God you know. The word you carry has no power without fasting. Let your life be a life full of fastings. May the Lord bless you and increase you and make his glory be seen upon your life in every situation. And may whatever sickness there is that has come into your body give way because of the power of God that's at work in you. Amen. Blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Glorify the Lord is worthy of praise. Thank you.